listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're going to get into this subject, which I feel is very important. Uh, I know it is because God has commanded us to work the works of Christ. And in fact, John chapter 14, I'll start there. And then in just a few minutes, I'm going to pray, um, or not pray, I'm going to play for you a clip that I have um, that I want you to see, a clip of a miracle that is supernatural. But let me just say this, this miracle that you're going to see is the result of fasting and prayer. The miracle clip, and it's it's not just a miracle, by the way, it's a creative miracle. And I'm going to show it to you. If you've never seen this miracle before, it's going to blow your faith up to another level. Um, but it's the result, it's the direct result of fasting and prayer. And I'm going to show you that momentarily, but I want you to look with me in uh, the book, the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter and the 12th verse. And the Bible says, truly, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. You see that the one that believes in me, he's talking about his disciples, which is you and I will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to be with the Father. Now in context, he's saying that when he goes to be with his Father, he will send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is empowering the church, the church filled with the Holy Spirit will do even greater works than Christ. I think it's important to say here that people read this and think that they're going to become greater than Jesus. That's not what Jesus was saying, nor was he saying that you would do miracles that are greater than his miracles in quality. That's not what he meant because you can't get greater than what Jesus did. You can't have better quality miracles. I mean, Jesus raised the dead. It doesn't get greater than that. He was raised from the dead. He raised others from the dead. He cleansed leprosy and opened blind eyes. I mean, you cannot get greater in quality than what Jesus did. So he was not saying that you would do greater quality miracles. The greater he was talking about is greater in quantity, not quality. Because remember this, Jesus only had three and one third years to do his work. From the time he was 30 years old until he was about a little over 33 years old, he ministered on behalf of heaven. But that's it. Three years of miracle ministry. There are many ministers that have ministered uh, 10 to 20 times longer than Jesus did. So what that means is that they have more time to work the works of Christ. So they, they probably had m- many more. I mean, you look at you look at somebody like Ryan Hardbonke who went home to be with the Lord who in one service, in one service, had 1.05 million people come to the altar to receive Jesus. 
I mean, you can you even imagine that? Can you even fathom? I know they thought it was like next level on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 were saved. 3,000 were saved compared to 1.05 million getting saved. And so you see, as things grow and build, that what we do will be greater in quantity than what the disciples did, what Jesus did, but not greater in quality. A salvation is still a salvation. You see what I mean? The quality is the same. There's just more of them. A baptism in the Holy Ghost is a baptism in the Holy Ghost. A divine healing is a divine healing. Someone being raised from the dead is someone being raised from the dead. So they don't, they don't change in quality. They change in quantity. And Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these because I'm going to be with my Father. Now, I would like to interject here also and say uh, that I believe, although I know the context uh, of this passage of Scripture is talking about what you'll be able to accomplish by the power of the Holy Spirit, I would also say this because the Bible teaches this, that the disciple is never greater than his master. And it is the Bible says it is enough for the disciple to become like his master. So the disciple never greater than the master. We will never be greater than Jesus Christ and, we, and should never expect to be greater. He's the head of the church. We're his body. We'll never be greater than him. We want to become like him, the Bible teaches. And so one of the things I would say, even though it's not the direct context of John 14, 12, is that I don't just want to be like him in his working of miracles, the works that I do, you shall do also. I want to also be like him, and he expects us to be, in his works of dedication. So what are that, that there's a difference between his works of miracles and his works of dedication. His miracles are the result of his dedication. So one of the things that you look at, I want to be like Christ, not in just his action, but in his works of dedication, like in his prayer life. You know, there's a lot of people that want to do what Jesus did, but don't want to pray like he prayed. There's a lot of people that want to do what Jesus did, but won't fast like he fasted, that won't study like he studied. But see, we're not to just be like him in action working miracles, preaching, were to be like him in dedication. And he tried to train his disciples in that vein. Could you not tarry with me for one hour and pray? You know, he woke them all up. Garden of Gethsemane, 26, Matthew 26. You couldn't hang with me for one hour, which shows you Jesus didn't think that was a long time. And he went back and kept praying, kept praying. We have record of Jesus praying all through the night in the book of Luke. We have record of Jesus going into the wilderness and fasting and praying for 40 days. So he was modeling for us his private and personal dedication to his father, which produced public results of miracles, signs, and wonders. So I don't believe we need to just be like him in his actions of miracles, but in his dedication. The disciple is to be like the master. And so when we read John 14, 12, I believe that for myself, uh, the works that I do, you shall do also. Well, what, what works did he did? He was a man of prayer, a man of fasting, a man of study. He was led by the spirit. And so I want to be the same. And notice that when you go this direction and understand this concept, it unlocks the supernatural realm in your life. People that refuse to be dedicated are not people that are going to be used by God's spirit. Bottom line, period. People that refuse to be dedicated will not be used by the Spirit of God. 
a refusal to dedicate yourself. See, there is a price to pay in order to be used by God. That's why not everybody sees miracles take place. That's why not everybody's succeeding in their calling and their purpose. There is a real price to pay to be used by the Spirit of God. And I'm going to show you that from the Word. There was a price for Jesus to pay. There was a price for his disciples to pay. There was a price for the Apostle Paul to pray uh, to pay before they could do what Christ had called them to do. And it's true. Anybody that wants to be used by God must be dedicated to his kingdom, must be dedicated to his word, must be dedicated to uh, his calling upon their life and faithful to it. And that's how we understand Jesus to be. He was a man of dedication and faithfulness. And that's what we need to be as well. And so Christ expects of us supernatural things. And part of the, the thing that we're doing on this time of fasting and prayer is that we're positioning ourselves to be used by the Most High God. The dedication to the kingdom unlocks supernatural results in our lives. Now, let me make another distinction for you because I don't want you to think that when you fast and pray, because this has been a misconception in the body of Christ for a number of years, I don't want you to think that when you fast and pray, you somehow acquire more power. I don't want you to think that. Because when you fast and pray, you don't acquire more power. In fact, let me say this to you. There's no more power to acquire than what you already have. Let me give you a couple of things so that you understand it. Of course, you know what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 as they're recounting the words of Jesus Christ, Acts chapter one and verse eight, the Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so understand, if you're powerless as a believer, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit and his baptism They are the element that God designed to fill you with power, not fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer do not fill you with power. And I'm going to teach you about that today. If you're powerless as a believer, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit and his baptism, that is the experience that causes you to be filled with heavenly power. It was the same for Jesus himself. Do you realize Jesus lived for 30 years as a man and also as God and never produced any miracles, not one. We have zero record of him producing any supernatural works from birth until 30. And we have some things written about him in that time when he was a boy and other things, but he produced no miracles. What was the catalyst? What was the event that sparked his miracle ministry. I'll tell you what it was. It was Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. And when he came out of the water, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And God spoke and said, this is my beloved son. And of course, you know, from that story, Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. 
In fact, the Bible tells us he was in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. He was led into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. And so the catalyst, the thing that sparked Christ's miracle life and his miracle ministry was being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the same thing that fills every believer with power. And Jesus said it in Acts chapter 1. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses. So listen to me. If you're powerless as a believer, then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That event in your life is the element that brings power into your life. Not fasting and prayer. However, fasting and prayer are the two elements that God has given us to release that power from our lives. Fasting and prayer are the two elements that allow us to release that power. So I want you to understand that every believer on the earth who is filled with the Holy Spirit has all potential power that there is inside of their body. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in you and he's quickening your mortal body. Paul taught the uh, church at Corinth. He said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And so literally, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in your physical body. There is no more powerful spirit than that. There is nothing more powerful than the Holy Ghost. And he is dwelling in you daily with all of his power. But if that's the case, why is it that so many Christians don't operate in Holy Spirit power? What is it that's causing people to miss out on Holy Ghost power. It's because you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, the two elements, Giovanna, that allow you to release the Holy Spirit power within you are fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer, and by the way, if you haven't got a chance to share the broadcast yet, share it. It's so important today. Fasting and prayer don't give you more power. They allow you to release the power that's already on the inside of you as a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. The power comes through being filled with the Holy Ghost. The release of power comes through fasting and prayer. The release of power comes. And I want you all to write that in the comments section. If you haven't done so already, put it in the comments. The release of power comes through fasting and prayer. The release of power comes through fasting and prayer. So you can be filled to, to the fullness with the Holy Ghost. But if you don't fast and pray, you'll not manifest the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't you find it interesting that the very first thing that the Holy Spirit allowed or led Jesus to do in Luke chapter 4 was to go into the wilderness and fast and pray? Isn't that interesting to you? The thing that the Holy Ghost led Jesus to do first was not preach the gospel was not heal the sick, was not cast out devils, was not raise the dead. The very first thing that Jesus was led to do by the Holy Ghost was to fast and pray. Go with me to Luke chapter 4 and let's read it together. 
the very first verse of Luke 4. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. So understand that the very first thing, because see, the the Holy Spirit knew how important it was for Jesus to fast and pray. The Holy Spirit knew exactly how important it was that Jesus would fast and pray. He knew that it would be a release of the power that was on the inside of him. He knew it. And he said, so don't go start ministering right off the bat. Go fast and pray. Hear what your father has to say. Be tempted, defeat the temptation, and come out. Now look what happened. When you drop down to verse number 14 of Luke chapter 4, Luke 4, 14, look at the result of his time of fasting and prayer. The Bible says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. So after fasting and praying, he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. He came out of the wilderness full of the power of the Holy Ghost. And what happened? Miracles began to take place. Why? Because number one, he was filled with the power source. And then number two, he fasted and prayed until he could release the power source. Until he could release the power source. And so fasting and prayer are the elements that allow you to release the power of God that is already in your body, the Holy Ghost. And it's important to understand that. Not only did the the Holy Spirit understand it, Jesus understood it. Jesus understood it. Listen to this. There was a time in Mark chapter 9 where parents brought their son to the disciples because he was battling an evil spirit that threw him into the fire and threw him into the water, tried to kill him, and kept uh, this boy in a place where he, of course, the Bible calls it an unclean spirit. But when the disciples came uh, and brought him to Jesus and the parents came from Jesus, they said, we tried with your disciples. You know, we tried. And my son, our son is mute by this demon spirit, cannot speak. It tries to kill him. We brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. And Jesus said, you faithless generation, How long am I to be with you? How long do I have to bear with you? Bring the boy to me. Verse 20 of Mark 9. And they brought the boy to Jesus. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it's often cast him into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. And Jesus delivers the boy from demon power. But later, the disciples are confused. Why? Let's go down. Look at this. In verse 28 of Mark 9, look at this. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? You know why they were confused? Because there's other things that they had been able to do. But I want you to understand there are different levels of spiritual power. There's different levels of spiritual power 
in the demonic realm and there's different levels of spiritual power in God's kingdom. And Jesus is showing them. And he said to them, this kind of demon cannot be driven out by anything except by prayer and fasting. Except by prayer and fasting. Notice that. Now, depending on what version of the Bible you're using in the English, I'm using the ESV. You might be using the NLT or the King James Version or maybe the NASB. Some manuscripts, uh, some of the versions that you have might just say, this cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. But understand, like mine has here, a little two next to it. It's a footnote at the bottom. And it said some manuscripts of the Bible add prayer and fasting. And so we have manuscripts that have been found, in fact, many all over the world, manuscripts of the original New Testament that read what Jesus said, this, ca- this kind of demon cannot come out by anything but by prayer and fasting. And so understand that. Jesus was teaching them that there are certain things that you will not be able to accomplish in the kingdom until you begin to pray and fast. Why was Jesus immediately able to cast the demon out? Because Jesus was already a man of prayer and fasting. He was already a man. So it's not that the disciples, watch this, because this is so important to catch this. It's not that the disciples didn't have power. Because when he called them, he breathed upon them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And so the the disciples had already received the Holy Ghost and were operating in miracle power. Already, they were healing the sick. It's not that the disciples didn't have power. They had power. But what Jesus was trying to teach them was, you will face different levels of demonic opposition throughout your life and ministry. And unless you're a person of prayer and fasting, there will be certain things that will not move for you because you'll not be able to release enough spiritual power and force to move it out of the way. That's what Jesus just clearly taught the disciples. You could not do it because you're not men that are fasting and praying enough. And as a result, there are certain things that will not move for you until you fast and pray. And so Jesus knew he had to do it, and he knew that they needed to do it. In fact, he said, because there were people that came to him and said, how come your disciples don't fast like John's disciples? And he said, well, you don't fast while the bridegroom is with you. Watch this. But when I leave, they will fast, and there'll be men of fasting and prayer. And they were. In fact, if you study history, you'll find that Uh, the followers of Christ from the early church all the way through centuries later fasted two days a week through history. You you can study it in antiquity. Every Wednesday and every Friday, the church fasted and prayed two days a week. So they, they understood that this was not just something Jesus did or something that was done during the feast days or, or not feast days, but times of fasting corporately through the law of Moses in the Old Testament, but you understand that they knew it was an expectation of Jesus and the early church continued in that discipline of fasting two days a week on Wednesday and Friday. 
They understood it. And the same is true today. Christ expects his children to fast and pray because he understands and the Holy Spirit understands and God understands that until we fast and pray, we'll not be able to release the spiritual power necessary to move things out of the way by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so it's something, one of the reasons, and I I titled this broadcast the way that I did, is that fasting and prayer are elements that allow you to release supernatural power, allows you to release supernatural power. And so understand this with me today, is that we've got a responsibility as believers to spend time fasting and praying. That's why I thank God. Many of you, you've joined us on this 21 days of fasting and prayer from the 2nd of January to the 22nd of January, setting ourselves aside, believing God for miracles, signs, and wonders, knowing that God will do what he said he would do, and expecting great things from heaven. And as we fast and pray, we are not gaining more power in the Holy Ghost. We are releasing the power that's already on the inside of us. I'll tell you a story before I launch this clip and let you watch it. Many men of God, you know, I go back through the history of Pentecostal Christianity, and you look at these men of God throughout the years that were uh, men that God used in, in signs, wonders, and miracles. They were all men of fasting and prayer, all of them. You go back, you want to go back as far as Howard Carter and Smith Wigglesworth and Lester Sumrall and, uh, you know, you go to A.A. Allen and Jack Coe and uh, Oral Roberts and T.L. Osborne and all these men, Rodney, uh, 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 Dr. Reinhard Bonnke, you go to all these men that God used in a mighty way to shake nations, Bishop David Oyedepo, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, the ones that we have today that are alive. You know, these were men, my father, these were men of fasting and prayer. Why? They understood this principle. They understood this principle. In fact, those of you that are watching, I want you to pop it in the comments section with me today. Uh, Fasting and prayer releases God's power in my life. Write that in the comments. Fasting and prayer releases God's power in my life. Fasting and prayer releases God's power in my life. And so if you go back and study the life story of many of these men, what you'll realize is they were frustrated in their ministries because they weren't seeing power released. For example, T.L. Osborne, who was one of the greatest missionary evangelists in the history of the world. Literally, here's a man that held mass crusades. And when I say mass crusades, I'm talking about crowds of 500,000, 700,000, see a sea of people, as far as you can see. In in over 70, what was it? He, he said 76 nations of the world that I saw in the latest book that he released with that written on the front. 76 nations of the world, a man, who saw millions come to Jesus in all these different nations, 76 nations to have mass crusades in 76 nations and see signs and wonders and miracles take place and not without even laying hands on anybody, just by preaching the gospel and declaring the miracle working power of God. People are passing crutches and braces and wheelchairs over the crowd to the altar as they're instantly healed by the power of God. Instantly. I was watching a a video of him one time where he was being interviewed and he was just talking about the wonderful, powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. There was a man in the studio audience who had been in the Vietnam War 
and his spine had been severed by shrapnel. And literally, he was now uh, paralyzed from the waist down in the wheelchair. And as, as Brother Osborne is sitting there talking to his, his host on the interview, he's talking about the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of God and the power of Jesus Christ in action. And the, power, the gift of faith was, was rising in the room so violently that the man's body couldn't take it anymore. And the man who was paralyzed in the Vietnam War just jumped out of his wheelchair and took off running. They're weeping on the platform. The people interviewing are weeping. He's saying, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, he's like, he's seen it. He's seen it through his whole ministry. That's what I've been trying to tell you. You know, he's a wonderful savior. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about. But at the beginning of his ministry, he went and tried to evangelize, tried to be that missionary that God would use and was seeing no conversions, none, very unsuccessful. He came back to the United States discouraged. He came back ready to quit. And then he said, I'm going to spend time fasting and praying. And he took an extended period of time to fast and pray until he jumped in to what God had planned for his life. And then when he began to minister, after his time of dedicated fasting and prayer, now you see the result. You see the result of Dr. Osborne's ministry around the world you go in, online, you can Google it. You look at things on YouTube. You go and look at things he's printed. They put pictures in the middle of the book so you can see the people being touched by the power of God. Fasting and prayer unlocked the miracle ministry God had on the inside of his life. Another one I'd tell you about is a man named A.A. A. Allen. A.A. A. Allen was a mighty man of God during the time of the Voice of Healing revival in America who literally was frustrated just like Brother Osborne, <clears throat> wasn't seeing the miracles and the signs and the wonders that he was believing for, wasn't seeing people healed, wasn't seeing people delivered, and it seemed like preaching to no effect. And he said, I, I, I refuse, and he documents all of this in a book that he released entitled The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. And so he, uh, he, he documents the story that he said, I'm done with this. I'm done with having no results. I'm done with being powerless. I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray. And so then he locked himself into his closet in his home and began to fast and pray and failed multiple times. He said, I'd smell my wife cooking food downstairs and I'd come out and say, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. And finally, he got hungry enough for the power of God that he went into that closet and locked the door and began to pray and fast until Jesus appeared to him bodily. And Jesus showed up in that closet and began to speak to Brother Allen. And this is the basis of the book that he released. It's all of the things Jesus said to him while he was praying and fasting, and he wrote them out. He said some things were so personal that he couldn't even write them in the book, but they were instructions that Jesus was giving him. And he wrote those things down. And he said, after Jesus spoke to him during a time of fasting and prayer, and he obeyed those things God told him in fasting and prayer, he literally blew into a miracle ministry that today, and I'm going to get ready to show you a clip of one of the most wonderful miracles that took place under his tent during the time of his ministry. It's a creative miracle. But these things weren't happening. He was seeing demons cast out left and right. Brother R.W. Shambach, who's now gone on to be with the Lord, who traveled with him as almost like his associate, he was his associate uh, evangelist, I heard him say before, 
He said, you know, I saw Brother Allen cast out more demons on accident than most preachers do on purpose. He said he cast out more demons on accident than most preachers do on purpose. And so literally, here was a man who operated in, and he didn't just do it once, uh, they would they they testified that throughout his ministry he would hold those long tent crusades and fast and pray through the entire crusade a man that would fast and pray through the entire crusade and so he found out and understood the power of fasting and prayer and what happened god honored his faith god honored his action and miracle signs and wonders began to take place it took him from frustration to manifestation I want you to put that in the comments. Fasting and prayer will take me from frustration to manifestation. Fasting and prayer will take me from frustration to manifestation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, in this 21 days of fasting and prayer, my prayer for you is that whatever was frustrating in your life, whatever seemed to be holding you back, whatever was sitting there gnawing at your at your life, and you, you say, is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to break through this? Maybe you felt like you're hitting a glass ceiling and couldn't move beyond where you were. My prayer is that as you fast and pray in this 21 days, that you will go from frustration to manifestation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you this miracle, and I want you to take a look at it because this, this is creative. This is a creative miracle. By the way, let me let me set it up by saying the boy that they bring to Brother Allen in this clip was born with no bones in his legs. The boy, this little boy, born with no bones in his legs. So in order for this miracle to take place, it has to be creative. God has to grow bones in his legs. And you cannot stand on legs that don't have bones in them. And so I want you to take a look at this miracle and see what God did through Brother Allen after fasting and prayer. This miracle is a direct result of fasting and prayer. You can roll it, Don. You want to take his coat off? Look at this child. Six years old. Can't walk. Helpless. Look at him. Oh, my God. I see this little baby. How many would like to see this poor little kitty healed tonight? Look at that. Oh, my God. Did you ever see anything like it in your life? Yes, honey. Poor little thing. <laughs> I'm going to pray for this baby tonight. I'm going to ask my God to lift the foul curse from this baby. How many believe God will do it? Six years old. I want to talk to every one of you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus, make him normal. Make him whole. 
his mighty name I ask for the glory of God. Make him normal in Jesus' name. Listen, listen, Richard, look here, how are you tonight? Mm. All right, no. say all right. <laughs> Richard, how are you tonight? You say, mm. fine, mm. say it loud, fine. Mm. Are you all right tonight? Mm-hmm. Say, fine. Talk to these people. Fine. Fine. Then stand up. Lord Jesus. Oh. These legs hold him up tonight. <laughs> Let these legs hold him up tonight, Jesus. Oh, God. Yes, Lord. Lord, let him be a preacher. Make him a soul winner. Bless the parents, wherever they are tonight. Save their lost soul. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Say it again. Turn around now and go back to your seats. We're going to continue the service. While they're going back to their seats, I'd like for everybody to stand and sing in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. And I'd like for you out there in your homes to sing with me. Everybody sing it. Sing it, everyone. In the coming down the golden streets.
I mean, did you see that? The power of that miracle. Did you see that he took that boy's legs on the pulpit and bent them up and back and in every direction? No bones. The boy born with no bones in his legs. And then at the end of the video, you see after praying for him, the loosing the power of God into that boy's body, the boy is walking across the platform on legs that now have bones. You cannot walk on legs that don't have bones. And then Brother Allen let him stand on his own. A boy that's just learning to walk now has to learn to walk because he has bones in his legs. I mean, supernatural. That was in the 50s, Samson, during the voice of healing uh, revival that swept through America. I'm telling you, when you begin to fast and pray, it takes you from frustration into manifestation takes you from frustration into manifestation. I mean, it's what happened in my ministry. I mean, I I was praying. You've heard me tell the story. I was praying frustrated. I said, Lord, we want to see mighty miracles in our ministry. And the thing the Lord spoke back to me was, you've gone as far as you can go at your current level of prayer. And so what did I do? I didn't get angry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say, well, I can't believe you're God. You can do anything. No, I started fasting and praying. And I remember one of the first things that happened is that I went on a 21 day fast to pray and say, God, move in our ministry, move in, move in this generation. And one of the first things that happened when I came off of that 21 days of fasting and prayer and if Phil and Jamie are still watching, they can testify because I was with them in New Brunswick as God opened the blind eye of a six-year-old boy named Timothy in Sussex, New Brunswick in Canada. On the uh, Coming right off of that fast, I had finished it maybe two days before, began that meeting, and the power of God moved, and a, and a mother brought her son who had been blind in his right eye for five years since he was one year old, couldn't see. And by the power of God, the first answered prayer to my fasting and praying was that that boy's blind eye instantly came open by the power of God. When his mother saw him seeing out of a blind, an eye that used to be blind, she collapsed to the ground and began to weep and cry when she saw what God could do. You know what's crazy? That was her first time in church ever in her life. She was in her 40s. No one had ever invited her to church. She'd never been to church. That night she was saved. That night her son had his blind eye opened by a living God who is not dead and never will be dead. And the power of fasting and prayer unlocked the manifestation of miracle power. And it's in the scripture and it's all through church history. It's something that you understand that if you want to go from frustration to manifestation, it's time to fast and pray. I'll confess that with you, Tyler. Canada is the place for miracles. I'll declare it because Canada is in need of miracles, signs, and wonders. And we declare that Canada not only shall be saved, but we declare Canada will see mighty signs and wonders and miracles in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you, let me tell you something I I see as a sign and a wonder. This is something that I see as a sign unto me. As you see everything that's going on around the world right now, specifically as you see what's happening with Iran and the United States of America right now, many people look around the world and they say, I see people as enemies. And you can automatically categorize people as your enemy. But let me just tell you something. 
people are not your enemy. The devil is your enemy. And although there might be friction and issues between nations, I want you to understand that God has people in those nations that he is saving and that he's using and that he's bringing into the kingdom of God. Do you realize Muslims are being saved at a ridiculous amount and rate around the world? And and it was a sign unto me. Last night here in the revival, a wonderful man flew in that is from Iran and flew in to be in the meetings this week. And he's not only from Iran originally, he still has ministry in Iran. And he was sharing with us last night. Now that's a sign to me. As all these things are happening around the world and with Iran and the United States right now, that as we're holding this revival, this wonderful man flies in and he's in the uh, meetings for the rest of the week and he's from Iran, speaks Farsi, preaches in Farsi, Uh, has television broadcasts that are going into Iran, touching the nation, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and showed up and last night gave us reports that are supernatural and reports that are encouraging. He said Christianity is explosive in Iran. He said churches are rising up all through the nation. And he said, you know what's amazing? God's using the women of Iran to raise up these mighty churches throughout the nation. And he said, people are hungry and people are on fire and people are getting saved and people are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And let me say something. He said, and and as a former Muslim, his family was Muslim. He said, let me tell you something. When Muslims see the signs and wonders and miracles of Jesus Christ, it is something that they will latch on to and that they respect to see on fire believers that are operating in supernatural power. Do you realize that that is what Jesus did? Jesus used his signs and wonders and miracles as the proof that he was the son of God. In fact, when John's disciples came and said to him, are you the, are you the Messiah or are we waiting for somebody else? He said, you go back and tell John the things that you've seen and heard. He said, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. You, you go back and tell him about the miracles. That's the proof that I'm the son of God. And can I tell you something? Miracles and signs and wonders are still the proof today that Jesus is alive and that he's the son of God and that he's coming soon. No other religion can produce supernatural miracles, signs and wonders and see answers to their prayers. And when people see what God's doing in your life and in your family, it will be a testimony to the fact that Jesus is alive and he's coming back soon. Fasting and prayer allows us to release the power of God. Now, let me finish with this, with this principle to explain to you why that's the case. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and uh, I want you to look with me at the 17th verse. Galatians 5, 17. Turn there with me. I hope you're putting these scriptures in the comments as we're studying because people go back and watch these in the archived version on YouTube. Facebook helps them to follow along with their notes as well. Galatians 5, listen to verses 16 and 17. uh, Paul said, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other 
to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Why did he say the things you want to do? Because when you get saved, your spirit wants to please God. But he said your flesh is warring against your spirit man. Let me just say, your flesh is the only obstacle that keeps you from moving in divine supernatural power. This is why Paul taught in the word of God that he had to take time daily to crucify and subdue his flesh nature. He said that in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. I put my body under on a daily basis so that after having preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So Paul knew if I don't take authority over this flesh, I'll fail. And so it is your flesh nature that has to be moved out of the way for the power of God to take priority in your life. And fasting and prayer is one of the quickest ways to crucify the flesh. And I've given you this example before, and I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating and it helps you to understand. If there is a river that is dammed up and you have that big wall holding back the force of that river and that water, that's not allowing the force of that water to come through. It's not that there's not a force of water behind the wall. It's just that the wall's holding back the force of the water. If a few bricks of the wall came out in the middle, you would just see a small stream of water shooting out from the dam. All Now, there's tons of power behind that wall, but you're just seeing a small amount of water flowing out because that's how big the hole is. But if you took C4 explosive and blew the wall up, the whole wall would be removed and the full force of the rushing river would come flowing out. That wall represents your flesh nature. And fasting and prayer is what's represented by the C4 explosive. The more you remove your flesh from the equation, the more the power of the Holy Ghost begins to flow. Crucify the flesh, subdue the flesh, because it's at war with your spirit man. It's at war with your spirit man. And so as we fast and pray, the reason that I'm teaching you this principle today is because your flesh nature is that carnal nature. It is the roadblock that stands in front of miracle power being released from your life. And all of these men in the Bible, you know, Paul was the one who said, I'm in fastings often, in fastings often. He was addicted to fasting and prayer. I'm in fastings often. He was a man of fasting and prayer. The disciples we know from historical record are men of fasting and prayer. They would go up to the temple daily at the hour of prayer. So we know that the disciples dedicated themselves to a minimum of an hour corporately of prayer every day. That's found in Acts chapter 3. We were headed up to the temple at the hour of prayer. That's when they met the lame man. So the disciples, the followers of Christ, after Christ ascended into heaven, were people of dedicated fasting and prayer. You say, how in the world could the early church be so explosive? (laughs) People ask this question, how could the early church be so explosive? How could they see so much growth? I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how. They were people of dedicated fasting. They were people of dedicated prayer. They were people of dedicated giving. And they were people of dedicated soul winning. 
That's how they, ha- they were so explosive. They stayed in fasting two days a week. They prayed at least an hour a day corporately. They gave so generously that the Bible says in the book of Acts that there was no need among the early church. None. There was literally no poor people among the early church. No was in, nobody was in poverty. Because the Bible says that they would give. Many people would sell properties and lands. They'd sell possessions. And the apostles would distribute freely. And everyone's needs were met. And everybody walked in the overflow in the early church. Why? They were people of giving. They were people of fasting. They were people of prayer. They were people of giving. And they were people of evangelism or soul winning. And they turned the known world upside down. You think about it. It was something that was outlawed that was persecuted heavily, that they were killing people for, and guess what? They still grew explosively. How is that possible? How is it possible that in those days, they were being, that the government was hampering Christianity, killing people for it, martyring people for it, torturing people for it, commanding it not to be done, and it still grew everywhere explosively. And today in America, there's no persecution like that for Christianity, and churches are shrinking. I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with the day and age we're living in. It has everything to do with the lack of dedication that many believers have. But that will not be you in Jesus' name. That's why you're watching this broadcast. That's why you're fasting and praying, because you've made up in your heart and in your mind, I'll not be one of those that lays back and lets life just come at me, that puts my life on cruise control and just glides through my destiny, not caring what happens. It's not going to be us. That's why we're fasting and praying. It's why we're in revival. It's why we're seeking the face of God. We will see a mighty move of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name. And through fasting and prayer, we're going to see manifestations increase in 2020. It'll be a year of violent increase, expedited favor in Jesus' mighty name. And that's going to be your story and mine for every person that's watching who's faithful to do what the Lord has asked them to do. It's going to be our story in Jesus' name. You're going to get to the December the 31st of 2020, and you're going to look back over a year and laugh as you see all that God did for you in just one year. It's going to blow your mind in Jesus' name. It is going to blow your mind in Jesus' name. Let me pray for every person watching. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would put such a strong hunger and a desire on your people that they will press into fasting and prayer. Lord, don't let us fall into the temptation of food during this time of 21 days. Don't let us uh, sell our destiny out and our covenant out for, you know, some, some meal, some fast food meal or something laying around the house. Don't let us lose out on the blessing that you have planned for us in 2020 because of a temptation for food. Fill us and satiate us by your spirit and by your word and let us press into your anointing by the power of God and let us know the blessings of heaven. Let us hold them in our hands. Turn every prayer request into a praise report. Turn every story around quickly. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and we give you praise and glory. If you believe it, throw some emoji hands in the comment section and thank God that it's going to be your story in 2020 in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus covered three things. He said, when you fast, when you pray, and when you give. 
giving is also an expectation of Christ. It is a force that God has placed in your hand to bring harvests into your life. Giving is a weapon, a tool of heaven to bring harvests into your hand by the power of God. When you become a dedicated giver, you will become a dedicated harvester in Jesus' name. And the Bible teaches that you will overflow in good things, overflow in good things. And God administers seed to the sower. I love reading Letty's testimony the other day. She said, I started where I could. She started where she could, giving, what was it, Letty, $10 a week. And now she's up to $200 a month, sowing seed, plus giving to the church. What is that? It's a picture of God giving seed to the sower. And as God gives seed to the sower, it shows he knows that he can trust you with his harvest. And as you release the seed into the kingdom of God, guess what happens? God releases overflowing harvest into your life. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. And so I'm encouraging you today to sow a seed by faith into this ministry. Those of you that are blessed by this ministry every single day, and uh, Dawn, you can put the instructions up on the screen, but if you'd like to sow a seed, and I'm encouraging you to do so by the power of God, there are multiple ways you can do it. You can sow a seed by putting hashtag donate in the Facebook or Periscope comments section and sow your seed in the comments. You can use Cash App and sow by using the hashtag MWGive, stands for Miracle Word, MWGive through Cash App. The PayPal email address is on the screen as well. Or you can go to miracleword.com and you can click on the give tab and sow a seed right on the website. However you choose to give, maybe you're writing out a check today and you'd like to mail it to the ministry. You can send the check to P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. That address, by the way, is also on miracleword.com at the footer of every page. You can get the mailing address if you'd like to send a check. But I want to encourage you to take a step of faith and sow a seed by faith today. Do something that moves your flesh. Do something that moves your faith. You know, you got to ask yourself, you know, how long is it going to take before I really step into this kind of giving that I believe that will shake my life, that literally will shake my destiny? You know, there's people that that you're watching. Maybe there's never been a time in your life that you've sown a $1,000 seed to God. Let me encourage you to step out. It's a new year. How long is it going to be? You know, you, 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 you ask yourself, you know, I go on vacations. We drop three grand on a vacation, five grand on a vacation, 10 grand on a vacation. We'll buy this, that, the other thing. People go out and buy televisions and they buy, you know, it's, it's amazing what people will release their money on, but you've never released it into the kingdom of God. I remember I was not old and I didn't have a ton of money the first time I sowed a thousand dollars. I remember my wife and I, it was a massive step of faith for us, but we knew in our spirit that we had to do it. And the more that we gave to God, notice this, God kept changing our level and he'll do the same for you. He'll keep changing your level. There needs to be a level check all the time in your life because what'll end up happening to you is that as you sow seed, and God increases you, that seed will become easier and easier to release until it gets to the place where it doesn't take faith to release anymore. I remember when I was a kid and my mom would give me money to give in the children's church offering. You know, if I was still giving that amount today, it would take zero faith 
You know, if your mom used to put a $1 bill in your hand or a $5 bill to take to children's church, if I was still coming into the church at 38 years old with a $1 bill in my hand and say, I can't wait to sow this seed by faith, it doesn't take faith to sow a $1 bill. And I remember as a teenager sowing $100. My daughter this year, my daughter is nine years old and believed God to provide a seed for her to sow. And my daughter at nine was sowing $100 seeds. I mean, by nine years old, why? She understands God gives seed to the sower. And she prayed and said, God, put that seed in my hand. And can I tell you, I made up in my mind and so did my wife. We're not going to be the one that provides the seed for her. She's going to have it come in supernaturally. My daughter Brooklyn did it and my daughter Madeline. Brooklyn's six and and, and her confession was, I'm going to sow a $50 seed into the kingdom. At six years old, $50 offering. At nine years old, Madeline said, I'm going to give 100. She ended up giving like 125 because more came in than she believed for. And so not just tithing, she tithed, but now giving offerings. And people showed up supernaturally and put the money in the hands of my daughters that were praying and believing for God to give seed to the sower. Look how God works. And my kids sowing seeds. I remember the first time I ever sowed 100. It was big then as a teenager. But when I first sowed 1,000, that was big. But can I tell you, it stopped being big as God increased me. And my wife and I talked about it. Why? We did a level check. Where are we? Where has God brought us to? And does this still take faith to do? If it doesn't, then move on to something greater. And that's what we had to make up in our minds. We're going to move on to something greater. And so 1,000 didn't seem to take faith anymore, so we moved up to 2,500. And those were the kinds of seeds we sowed because it did move us then. It did take faith until God raised our level and 2,500 didn't take the same faith anymore. And then God had to move us up into a place of sowing $5,000 seeds. And, 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 you know, you get to the place, that doesn't move your faith the same. I remember the first time we ever sowed a $10,000 seed, and that moved my faith in a big way, where I said, God, this is $10,000 I'm getting ready to put into the offering plate. And I can remember thinking to myself, this is, uh, this is I don't know how to, this, your, your flesh screams at you, don't release that, don't release that. There's so many other things you could do, and you tell your flesh to shut up. And you tell your flesh to get under and be subdued. And your spirit man does what the Holy Spirit says. And I remember the first time that ever happened. But God's continued to move us up. And now by this uh, New Year's Eve offering that we just received at our church, we, my wife and I, by faith, sowed the largest seed that we've ever sowed in the history of our ministry. Why? We keep doing a level check. What is God doing in my life? Where has he brought me? And does, does this seed still take faith to sow? Because understand this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I don't want to take and sow seeds that don't take any faith to sow, meaning my seeds don't please God. I want my seed sowing to be pleasing unto the Lord. And so I do it by faith. There's my friend, Pastor Bill Motley. I love you. It's good to see you today. And so for those of you that are watching, I want to encourage you right now to sow a seed by faith. And those are the things on the screen, the ways that you can accomplish that. Hashtag donate. Cash App, PayPal, or on the website, MiracleWord.com. And of course, if you're mailing a check to our ministry, the the, uh, address to mail is on the website as well. And uh, let me just say this. We want to do something for you this month. Those of you that are sowing $100 or more in this month of January, I'm going to send you this book by Arthur Wallace entitled God's Chosen Fast. This book is one of the greatest books 
ever written on the subject of fasting and prayer. This book, God's Chosen Fast, it was the Pentecostal standard for years on fasting and prayer. And uh, it's so powerful. It'll open your eyes to so many things about the subject of fasting and prayer uh, that'll literally blow your mind. I still have a copy of this. I have one of the original copies. This is a redone copy that you see on the screen, but I have one of the originals that was released, and it is powerful. It is extremely powerful. We're going to send you this book this month for every person that sows $100 or more in the month of January, and then for every person that sows $1,000 or more, we're not only going to send you this book, but a genuine leather New Living Translation Bible that I'm going to sign to you as our gift to you to tell you we love you. So both of those things. For those of you that sow 100 or more, go to that web address that's on the screen, miracleword.com forward slash offer to claim your offer of this book. And uh, those of you that sow $1,000 or more, we thank you. Thank you for standing with us and partnering with us. And uh, we're happy to put these materials in your hand and be a blessing to you and build your faith as well because we love you guys so very much. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in your life in 2020. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be supernatural. And so I want to take a moment to thank you, every person that you've made up in your spirit, made up in your mind. We're going to stand with Ted and Carolyn as they're doing what God's called them to do around the world. Nations are opening up. This is supernatural. Places that I've never been are calling and saying, come and preach the gospel. Last year, we went to places that I've never been before. We're getting ready to do the same in 2020. Doors keep opening for the gospel to be preached, for souls to be saved, and it's going to be a supernatural year for us and for you. We're believing that your children will be blessed. We're believing that your businesses will be blessed. We're believing that everything you set your hand to will prosper. That is the promise, by the way. I've been on this, man. I've been meditating on Psalm chapter 1 for the last few days, and it's just not left me because these promises that are built up for us by God's word, they're going to come quickly to pass. These four things, listen to this. I love this. Praise God. Those that are faithful to God's commands, Psalm 1, four things happen. You'll be like a tree, number one, planted by streams of water. This is your first blessing. I will be planted by, like a tree by streams of water. What does that mean? Not a dry place, a moist place. A place where your roots can receive sustenance. Where you've, you've got virtue and substance flowing through your body all the time. That's talking about divine strength. People that obey the commands of God are people that are qualified to receive divine strength in their bodies. You'll be like a tree, number one, planted by streams of water. Number two, the Bible says, and you will bear fruit in every season, New Living Translation says. This version, ESV, planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. God will supersede his own law of creation where he only gave us one harvesting season and the Bible says that he will let us bear fruit in every season of our life. This will be a fruit bearing season for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You'll never end. You'll be reaping and reaping and reaping. That's for people that follow the commands of God. Never ending reaping. The Bible prophesies we'll come to a time where the plowman will overtake the reaper. The plowman will over... While you're sowing with one hand, you're reaping with another. 
sowing with one hand, reaping with another. That's how quick it's going to take place in these final moments. Number three, your leaves will not wither. Hallelujah. You'll not diminish in any area of your life. You'll not diminish. You'll not decrease. Your leaves will never wither. You'll just continue to be stronger and stronger and stronger. You'll just continue to increase. In Jesus' name, I'll not diminish in 2020. I'll not decrease in 2020. In the mighty name of Jesus, I'll continue to be stronger. And then number four, finally, and in all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he prospers. That is your story. Those of you that are dedicated, those of you that are pressing in, those of you that are sowing seeds, that is your story. Supernatural strength in Jesus' name. Supernatural harvests in Jesus' name. Supernatural increase. You'll never wither. And supernatural prosperity. That is your promise from the power of God. Those that are dedicated, that's going to be your story. And so I want to say a big thank you. I love you guys. You know, this is not work to me to come in here every day, Monday through Friday, and speak to you for an hour and a half. It is not work to me. This is a blessing for me to get to be with you every day. I appreciate every one of you that log on to these broadcasts and watch live. I appreciate all of you that log on later and watch the replay. It means a lot to me. This is a blessing to have this platform to speak to you. Because imagine how amazing this is, that I'm sitting here in Georgia, but I've got people not only watching from all over the United States, but from other nations of the world. We've got people watching from Zambia, We've got people that are watching in the UK. We've got people that are watching in Canada. We've got people that watch in Brazil. We've got people that watch in Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad, Tobago. We've got people that watch in the Middle East. We get messages from Dubai. Imagine how supernatural that is that I can sit here in Georgia and speak to people from all over the world. I don't know where Raquel and Curtis are today, but I believe that. Uh, I know that you were in Japan, but I don't know where you are now, but it's good to see my friend Raquel who used to serve with me in praise and worship when we were in Virginia. But people all over the world, and it's supernatural. And I want to say a thank you to every person logging on. We'll be back tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're in revival right here at World Harvest Church in Roswell, Georgia. And we're here tonight, Thursday night, Friday night, uh, scheduled. And I'm telling you, if you can, by any means, get here for the live services, get here. It's going to be powerful. It's been wonderful. And uh, and then next week, by the way, if you're in New England, if you're in New York, I'm going to be in the Bronx in New York City Sunday through Wednesday. All of the details are at MiracleWord.com. You can get the address, the directions, and I want you to join me. It's going to be powerful. And let me make a quick announcement. This next Friday night, not this coming Friday night, but the next January the 17th, I will be joining my father in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Raleigh Convention Center for a one-night miracle meeting. It's going to be great. The band's going to be with me. We're going to be having a Holy Ghost service, expecting miracle signs and wonders. And if you're anywhere close, uh, drive in, fly in, be a part of this miracle meeting in Raleigh, North Carolina at the Convention Center. I can't wait. It's going to be powerful. And so join us. Start your year in revival. Start your year right. And then I'm going to be after that at the end of January and going into the beginning of February with my friend, Pastor Brian Wright, at Boomerang Church in Albemarle, North Carolina for Kickstart 2020. And you're not going to want to miss that as well. Anybody that's in the Charlotte area, 
come and be a part of those meetings. I love you guys so much. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for being a part of the broadcast. We'll be back tonight live on Facebook at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I want to see you there. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you very soon. God bless you. Have a great day. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.